What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here, NJ.com, here with Mike K at Lincoln Financial Field. The Eagles just lost 21 to 17 to the Panthers. Sorry, we'll get we'll get right into it. But I mean, that, that was just an embarrassing loss, to be honest. They were up 17 to zero going into the fourth quarter. They lost 21 to 17. They had a drive at the end. They had a chance to score. Uh, Carson Wentz had a couple of bad decisions, and he ended up fumbling in on fourth down. They lost. The defense wore down. I mean, th- this is just. This is kind of indicative of everything that's happened this season, but this is kind of all the bad things coming to a head at once, really, it felt like. In the fourth quarter, the first three quarters, I was like, man, maybe this is the Eagles team of old. Yeah, sorry, I had to take a pause before that, because I know what's going to come out of this. People are going to talk about how the defense let them down. Chris Long said as much. The Eagles were moving the ball within the 20s so well. But for Carson Wentz to complete 81% of his passes, Zach Ertz to have nine catches for 138 yards, Alshon Jeffrey to have seven catches for 88 yards, and they only come up with 17 points, that's pathetic. That is. That's an underscored issue this entire season. They have not been able to score with consistency at all. And that I, you and I have talked about it before. You can't put that much on the defense. Eventually, they're going to break. That's the whole second half, I spoke to several players in the locker room who said, you know, we felt like we were on the field on defense a lot longer in the second half than we were on the first. You know why? Because you were. This is not an offense like last year that could get out to leads and then the defense coasts. It's just not that same team. You don't have your, your top two defensive tackles next to Fletcher Cox. You don't have your starting free safety who... Apparently it was a secret MVP for this team. <laughs> um, you don't have Patrick Robinson, who's a crafty veteran. Bo Allen. Bo I mean, Allen. Like, you are missing so much of the makeup of last year's team. Enough already. Let's stop talking about Super Bowl. Because right now, this is a team that doesn't know what it is. That it, but I can tell you what it is. It's not a team that has a sustainable offense. And that is a problem. Yeah, you know... It's funny, they, they've they've only lost, I think all of their games, every, even their wins, besides the Giants game, have been within, I think, single digits. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, you can't just say, okay, they're a few plays away from being undefeated. Well, the reality is, if they were good enough to win those games, they would have won them. They're seven-game sample size now. Like, they're I think, not playing the bulk of their, their tough season either. Yeah, yeah, and it's just... At, at a certain point, at, this, this kind of happens in, in all sports. You know, if a team loses close repeatedly, you're like, oh, they're right there, so they're going to be fine. The reality is there's a reason why they're losing close. It's because they're, they're not good enough to win those games. And I, I, I think we're seven games in. They're three and four. Uh, all the same problems they had in week one they have right now, they just look a little better while they're doing it. Like, they look a little better with Carson Wentz than Nick Foles, obviously. Carson Wentz was amazing for most of the night. But they just aren't finishing drives. Uh, it doesn't seem like, I don't know, like Jake Elliott's missing field goals now when he was making most of them. I mean, he made, he would miss his short ones last year and make his long ones. He made a longer one tonight, but he still missed a field goal that he should have made. Like, it's just like all these little things. And I think those little things, as you mentioned, you know, that you had those guys like Patrick Robinson and even like a guy like Torrey Smith. He, I mean, he, he, Torrey Smith made a huge play. I'm saying he, he struggled last year, but he also made some big plays in the playoffs. Like they don't, Mm -hmm. they don't have guys who are stepping up like that in, in between, you know, the cracks, the guys that, you don't you maybe you don't focus on as much. They, they didn't do a good, I think it's about time we started criticizing Howie Roseman for his, this off season. I think we've, we've had enough games where, Almost all. Of, I mean, Michael Bennett is, has been the one that paid off the most, but he's a backup defensive end, and that wasn't a position of need necessarily. That was a good, shrewd trade, but 
all these other guys were either coming off injuries on the downswing of their career, and there's a reason why they were willing to sign one-year deals for cheap deals. Haloni Nada, I don't know if he's going to play again this year at this rate. I mean, he's he's 35 and he has a, a calf issue. Uh, Darren Sproles, I mean, why'd they bring him back? I don't get it. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of field I mean, Cor- signings. They waited yeah. until the last minute to sign Corey Graham when they clearly needed somebody better in the in the second year. Like they just they rested on their laurels a little too much this year, and they, I, they maybe they got cocky. I, I don't know if that's the right word, but I, I think it's fair to criticize the way they approached building the roster for this season. They they kind of you know just assumed everything that was good last year could just carry over because they had Carson Wentz and they had the core guys, but they they didn't fill out the in between the roster well enough. And I mean the the. Wendell Small has been a nice surprise this season, but he led the team with like 30 rushing yards tonight. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 rushing attack, that's not the reason why they lost, but it contributed. Like they weren't gaining yards rushing the ball, and the offensive line has not been as good. And I don't know. It's, there's just like a lot of lot of problems this team has, and it's, I think it's about time everybody stopped being in denial about it. Yeah, I think I'm a big believer that when you have a bad draft or like a not very successful draft, you pay you don't pay for it the first year, you pay for it the second year. Derek Barnett great pick in my opinion the rest of that draft is absolutely forgettable and Corey clement is only a role player as an undrafted free agent uh you look at the carson draft carson a plus slam dunk outside of that yeah, who else was in that draft even i can't big remember v, uh isaac samalu you know i mean granted you had to invest in 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 carson and yeah you had to give up a lot your, of picks and right. that impacts it yeah but you look at that. You look at free agency. You and I have talked about it several times. Bo Allen, Patrick Robinson. If those two guys are here, is this a completely different squad on defense? Um, on offense, people ragged on Torrey Smith. Torrey Smith made two really impressive plays in this game that the Eagles haven't had a play of that that ilk in any of these games. They haven't had a – I mean, Alshon Jeffrey had a nice broken tackle – catch early in the game he was great in the first half he was here's the thing it's cool when your superstars are playing well (laughs) but when nobody else is doing anything else, you're not going to win games and that's what this game came down to uh zach Ertz looked like an all pro and a potential future hall of famer alshon jeffrey's out here playing out of his mind carson wentz is throwing 81 percent but no one else is doing anything else and that is a massive issue for a team that really is struggling to find an identity. I thought they actually had more identity with Nick Foles at times than they did with Carson Wentz. They knew what they wanted to do because they knew what Nick Foles' limitations were. Carson, it's like, yeah, he can get them out of any any jam. He's their Johnny on the spot. Carson's playing well. He's just not playing well enough to carry this team. It's just not, you know, it's one of those things. He threw to two wide receivers today. You know, Nelson Aguilar had a, a few catches for 20 yards. Like, that's not going to do it. They have no one outside of Alshon Jeffrey and El- Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar can't break free because he's seeing attention. Because you know if you take Alshon and Zach Ertz out of the game, they can't do anything. I mean, this offense can't work. Or if you let Alshon and Zach beat you, you know you don't have to worry about anybody else. And I think, you know, we'll get into this a little bit more later in the week before we go to London, but... They need someone. I don't know what, like, they need another receiving option. Dallas Goddard is so good, but he's not allowed to, I mean, you've got Nelson, these secondary players like Goddard and 
and Aguilar, who are seeing regular attention from a safety or what have you, who where they're not breaking out because there's only two guys on offense that scare you. If you can get that third guy, that third guy can open stuff up. Yeah, sure, the running game was putrid today. I thought the offensive line actually played relatively well, all things considered. But, like, Corey Clement, you're going to come out here and say, and I'm everyone knows I'm the biggest mark for Corey Clement there is, but six yards on eight carries? Like, that's no. just not going to work. I think Wendell Smallwood, like you said, has really taken the next step up. I feel really confident about the two of these guys moving forward next year as complimentary As your two and three running back. Right. Like, Wendell Smallwood, I'm on the verge of signing him to a one-year extension, having him in, knowing that I have those two guys in this committee for two more years, and then signing another running back for, or, or drafting a running back, knowing that I have a foundation here. Because we see, running backs are so easy to replace, but they're also so easy to have, you know, to, to lose their momentum. And so I think you've got your two and three. Uh, I don't know what you have in your one. I, I Look, I think Corey Clement can develop into something major, but right now he's not that guy. And, you know, everybody's going to point to the fact that they need they need to make a trade. The, the reality is, if, if you're at the trade deadline and your season's reliant on you fig- fixing your roster on one trade, like that, the, re- the odds of that happen, trades don't happen very often in the NFL anyway. And th- like the, the odds of you finding a guy who's going to step in right away and fill exactly what this team needs, like even if they get, unless they get Le'Veon Bell, who hasn't played at all this season, and I don't think they're going to get him, there's, there's not a guy that's on the market that in reality is going to step in and fix their problems. And it might not even be worth it because if the guy gives you a 10 They need six, four guys at four different positions right Right, now. right. If, you, if you're, let's say, let's say they lose to the Jaguars, which at that point you're like all hell is broken loose after the way they play today Cody Kessler shout shouts to you yeah I wonder if he starts <laughs> I, I do too yeah, I'm a huge we'll, fan we'll of talk his, about that we'll later, talk about yeah. that later um here's the thing if they if you're if you're let's say they lose to the Jaguars and then the trade deadline's the 30th you're three and five. Still, with, point, still within striking distance of the division, technically. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you go on a on a momentum swing, yeah. Because you're not playing any division teams, exactly. Like, that's like the that, one benefit. They, they have five division games left. That's the one where you're like, hmm. Well, you know, I know the new Halloween movie is another remake, but it's not being handled by Rob Zombie, so you're cool with it. It's one of those. <laughs> um, with that said, if you're three and five. Is it worth it to trade? I mean, because you're trading assets when you clearly your roster, like the guy you're going to trade for, odds are he's not under contract and, after and, this year, right? Or, or you're you're basically giving up a third round pick to win the division when you probably can't win on the road. Yeah, you'd have to win on the road. Mode. You have to win on the road to get to the Super Bowl. So, right. Yeah. So it's like you, you're kind of do you, you're not going to punt on the season. Obviously, yeah. I think this team will contend for the NFC title game until or the NFC title uh, NFC, NFC East, East <laughs> title. Uh, until the cows come home, but does that mean that they can win it? The th- you bring up a great point. If you if your team needs all these needs, or if the team's relying on that for a turnaround, that's probably not a great situation. You look at what happened last year. People will point to JHI. This they, team was good. They, they didn't need him. He he pushed them over the edge. Yeah, that that was the thing. It's to make making a good team great. This is this would be making an average team. Above average. I don't even know if they're. I think they're just mediocre. I know mediocre is like another way. Average, of saying mediocre, whatever yeah, you want to like, call it. Yeah. But like, who's even like out of the guy like Devontae Parker? Really think he's? I like Devontae Parker a lot, but whether or not you like him, like yeah, the the huge if is if he's healthy. Uh, You look at a guy like that's why these guys are available though. It's either the team's terrible or it's a guy who has fallen out of favor. The one guy, there's two guys that I really like. 
that that we could talk about before we move on. I like Garen Connolly. I loved him at Ohio State. But I don't know if he makes that much of a difference at corner. That's more of a long-term add. Emmanuel Sanders, if they could land Emmanuel Sanders, this offense is so much more dynamic because his deep threat speed, his reliable hands. But by, apparently the Broncos don't want to trade By the sounds of it, they don't want to trade him. Yeah, they want to trade Demarius Thomas, who I wouldn't I wouldn't. I wouldn't for. touch Demarius Thomas. But, okay, let, let's... Let's break down this game a little more instead of talking big picture. Right, right, right. So I want to talk to you before we, when we, when we, as we're transitioning to that, I want to talk to you about how frustrated I was doing the grades today because, like, as the fourth, you, you know, you get an idea of what you want to do. This team played so well for three It was quarters. like two different games. Right. But here's the thing. You have three quarters and you have one quarter, and the one quarter decides the game. The problem is... The safeties played really well. Those three, like really well. Like I had them as an A going into. Malcolm the was game. dominant for most Ma- of the game. Malcolm's Malcolm's the best player on this defense outside of Fletcher Cox. It's not even. I mean, those two, it's those two, and then like it's a bunch of dudes. Uh, the corners played really well up until the uh, the fourth quarter. The linebackers played really well. Jordan uh, Hicks, man. I talked to a couple of guys in the locker room, and they were ta- praising the defense in the second half, and then they just fell apart. I don't know what it is, and maybe it's the problem of, of signing these older guys that we talk about, but Michael Bennett, he's a first-quarter MVP. Man, and then he just doesn't do anything. Yeah, he just kind of... He's like um, he's like literally the best defensive end. He looks like the best defensive end they have in the first quarter every well, week. Well, and I'm, I'm going to start calling for Josh Sweat to get more... More snaps because, or, or, or yeah, at least like get so these guys aren't tired at the end. Right, they can I, deny that they're tired, but there's something to it. You can't be that dominant for the first half and fall apart that much on long drives in the fourth quarter unless you're not in shape. Trayvon Hester was fantastic in this game for the first three quarters. I don't know what happened to him afterwards, but it was just not. Sector pretty... had a half a sack with uh, Brandon Graham. Yeah, I mean that guy has a lot of potential. Uh, there's a reason why you read about an undrafted free agent in week three, like I did. Uh, on top of that, so let's let's go to the offense because I, I, you know what, the defense like it's hard to judge them and really give them grades because like, all of them got B's or better, uh, because of their first three quarters. It's like you and I have talked to uh, Duke Manyweather a couple of times. He's the offensive line coach that worked with Lane Johnson. He always says that the offensive line is 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 a macro position. But with micro results, it makes you look like if you give up one sack, it, you, you that's know, all you anybody to, focuses right. on. Yeah. With the defense in this game, it's going to feel like that. Oh, I can't believe the defense is playing off. I already got a, a text, two text messages from Paul, uh, your boy Paul. Uh, Paul. So like, keep that in mind. This defense played really well for three quarters. I'm not saying give them a pass, but take each quarter for what it's worth. Yeah, we Let's can talk to offense. We, we can start with offensive line since you talked about that. I, they had a pretty good game. I thought if uh, they only get, I mean, they gave up four sacks and looks like five quarterback hits, but I think most of that was like very late in the game. Yeah, and I thought Carson held the ball. Yeah, a Carson. Long I mean, time. that last drive was that was Car. We'll, we'll get into Carson in a minute. That yeah, that's well, not his best work. Talking about. Uh, but offensive line, I mean, pretty good. I mean, there there was a couple plays where Isaac Sayamalu and even Jason Peters was like they were running out and they looked like they had their athleticism and speed and that's kind of like when the offensive line is at its best is when those guys are able to run out to the flat when they have a screen pass and mm-hmm. they, like it, they look really good especially early. I think Sayamala has kind of established himself like he's going to be a, a part of this offensive line here's at least the, right now. Here's the thing. We've talked about it before. Really really good in the run game, really good as, yeah. on screens. I he has one or two plays every single game as a pass protector where you're like, Oh my God, now I totally understand why they kept this guy on the bench last year. You know what I mean? So 
that's something to watch forward. But I agree with you. I think he started. He, I think he's established he's yeah. better than and was new. Peters was better than he had been this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had, he had to take a, a little break before halftime. But I mean, uh, that if that if he has to do that for one series before halftime every week, then that's fine, I guess. Well, see, it's not. Yeah, it maybe really not. Is not. <laughs> if you want to really criticize yeah. Howie Roseman, this left tackle position is. Problematic. Problematic. I don't know if you're going to move Lane Johnson next year. I don't think it really matters. You're the right side. But then you still have to fill the right side. Well, yeah. The, yeah, you don't want to get better, uh, a little bit better at one position to, to make another position worse. They have to draft a left tackle in the first three picks. I mean, it, it, I mean, and then they might even still need a side. But, like, yeah, but if you usually, unless it's a guy that's like top ten, like a tackle isn't ready to play right away. That's one of the tougher positions sure. to adjust the NFL. Sure. Well, they're going to still have to. So that's why they. That's why maybe you do the veteran and one year stopgap for a rookie or whatever. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe Sam. Mal- or or you decide if Mylotta is that guy down the line. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he was active. But they're going to they're going to have to sign played. or trade for somebody because it, it's not going to be Peters. And it shouldn't be Vitae. <laughs> good teams don't trade. I mean, tre- teams don't trade good offensive linemen. That's like the, the thing. So, and and guys usually sign extensions too. There, there's occasionally guys that are free agents, but it winds up being like Nate Solder, who isn't good. Right. Um, but yeah, let's move to the tight end position because if we're going to talk, talk about a positive position, they have the best tight end group in in the league. It's I, not, I, was, it's I think Zach Ertz has a case as the best tight end in the NFL right now. I think he might be one of the top ten receivers in the league. He he's on pace right now. Before this game, he was on pace for statistics. I think it was like 128 catches for like 1,400 passing yards, receiving yards. He only only four. It's only happened four other times in NFL history, and it was from wide receivers each of those times. Yeah, he's... like like I, pr- projections are projections. Like he usually doesn't come out that way, but he he catches everything that's thrown his way. He's adjusting to the ball. Him and Carson Wentz just are like firing at all cylinders right now, and. Uh, he he's unstoppable. Like and the Panthers did a pretty good job of not letting him get open at, on that last drive because I think they wanted to hit him. Carson Wentz. I mean, we're we're gonna talk about it like we said, but uh, the the play that was an interception in their quotes was that was a, an a, interception, by the way. <laughs> I mean, it was it was close, but uh, it was aimed for Zach Ertz. It wasn't even close to him. He catches anything that's close to him generally. So yeah, I mean, you you talk about development. I mean. Ertz had some problems with drops early on in his career. He wasn't a good blocker. He he had mental mistakes. This guy does not make mental mistakes that often anymore. He he's sure-handed. Um, he and Alshon Jeffrey are the reason why they got down the field. But speaking of tight ends, I wanted to talk about Dallas Goddard because he looked good. Wow, that screen for twenty-one yards. Woo! I th- I think I heard over, overheard you at one point saying this, and I was talking about it with another reporter as well. It's like his body type and like the way he moves like looks so much like Zach Ertz that yeah, it's like and their numbers are like so similar with eighty six and eighty eight like from far away I, like they're so often I'm like was that Zach Ertz or Dallas Scott? like that's See, a great sign I'll, I'll do one do you one even further I thought it was Jordan Matthews that caught that okay, touchdown that's, a, that's disrespectful no I mean yeah I mean well Elliot didn't <laughs> jump out of his seat but uh, you know look. This tight end group is something to build on and I'm guaranteeing you how he thought to himself. Well, we'll just run a lot of twelve personnel. That'll be our cure for wide receivers. And in some games, it has the Colts game. He was essentially their number three wide receiver. Um, but look, like I said, what all your great players are doing well, terrific. But you're not going to win a lot of games like that because they expect that's what you, your expectation should be because they are great players. You need other people to step up. And what I think has been very frustrating for the like on defense, I think Avante Maddox has played well. I think. Russell Douglas, when the, he's been in the there. The obvious guys have played well. Camus has played well. 
uh, Hester and Hector. But, but on offense, who has stepped up other than Wendell Smallwood? That you wouldn't like. Who, who's like? And even he, your... even he's playing his very best, and he's still not. He's not doing amazing. Yeah, he's, he's a, a good role player. So like, the, the, yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, I've, outside of the main guys, Nelson Aguilar hasn't had a good game probably since week one or two. Yeah, uh, you know. I mean, no, he had. I, I would give him a good game for the Giants game, but that was after you know. Um, he's he had those a, he's two ta- heady plays. He's taking a step back though. He has. He has. There's no doubt. Um, but teams are also preparing for him, so whatever. Uh, Jordan but they're Matthews, also preparing for all the other guys they have. On I don't even too. notice Jordan Matthews anymore, unless I think he's unless it's Dallas Goddard who I think. I mean, he he seems likely on the way out once uh, Mac Hollins or Mike Wallace comes back. I look. Here's the thing. I I don't think either one of those guys is the solution. I don't think they're a solution. I'm just saying Jordan Matthews isn't going to be around here that much longer. Fair. Uh, you know, come, your your best friend. Whether there's a solu- whether there the whether there's a solution is another discussion. But right. I I mean. Maybe Matt Collins is a guy that comes off IR. We haven't seen him yeah, in a while. I mean, he hasn't given any evidence to believe that he can come in and be like a guy well, for them. Well, yeah, you don't not trade for a guy because of Matt Collins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Mike Wallace was a bit of a disappointment his two games. I mean, he didn't have any catch. He had like one catch in the preseason. I, I, it, after this game, it feels increasingly obvious that maybe wide receiver – is a position that we haven't talked about enough that they need because we well, t- we focus a lot on the they need defensive depth more than anything but they need a receiver who can impact the offense. Well, and that's why I like Parker because even if Parker doesn't give you a lot of opportunity this year, maybe if he plays well enough, you sign him to a team friendly extension um, for the long term. That's how they have to look. This is not like a one year rental trade market for the Seagulls team. They have to know that, like, they're getting rid of a bunch of guys. Yeah, they're going to have a lot of rookies. They need to have some established guys. So if you're looking at the trade market, look for guys that have at least two years left on uh, this year and next year on their contract. So that's what I would say. Now, let's talk about running back. Speaking of trade, the trade deadline, what, <laughs> what do you got? I mean, I have to take the L on this one because I've been – I've been. I mean, you have all season, but the last two weeks I've written stuff about Corey Clement and how I think he deserves – to be like the guy here. Some of the best stuff you've ever read. I mean, written. I mean, I, I, yeah, I really, I really like my story I wrote uh, the other day. But he, I mean, it's pretty clear that he he just not he isn't at that point yet. Maybe he gets to that point at some at some time. Teams have clearly just just know how to defend him. Uh, he doesn't quite have the burst of you know like a quick backhand that can get out of you know perilous situations when the blocking and the holes aren't there. And he just had a bad game. I forget you said his numbers. I forget what they were today. It was like eight d- carries for six yards or something. Yeah, and I think he had a fumble yeah, too. Have, that have Carson Wentz had to had to Let's scoop see, up. He has yeah he was eight for six and he he I think he had a pretty good catch early in the game where he got eleven yards. Right. Yeah. Um. But, I mean. I don't know. They can still win with these running backs, I think, if they, they fix everything else. But they should get another – you've talked about this. Like, just a guy that compliments the other two. It doesn't, they don't need to get a star. They don't even need to get a JGI-level player, I don't think. They, they just need to get somebody who's really fast or somebody who's really strong. Like, somebody who's really good at a skill. And then you can have this, like, trio of backs. And maybe they seem to still they, – they're talking to us like their confident sproles can help them. Uh, they would have put them on IR if they didn't believe that. So I, I don't believe that, but they do. So – you add another guy. You have Sproles as your pass catcher. You have Corey Clement as your your short yardage guy, and you have Wendell Smallwood doing a little bit of everything. And then you get another guy who's either really fast or can can get the tough yardage like a Legarrette Blunt or something. That they they just need something like that because I don't know something needs to change. They need a shot in the arm. We say that every week. Maybe a shot in the arm's not enough. They need a bunch of shots of adrenaline to get this thing going. But this team mis here's where you criticize Howie. This team has mismanaged this roster in season. 
I mean, they at one point they had six wide receivers, five running backs active, three active quarterbacks, ten active offensive linemen. Your defense is falling into the the muck of terrible depth. They did nothing. They finally do something. Some of these kids step up, but it's too late. I mean, it, it like it, this is a team that's lacking an identity and lacking any any week-to-week planning. Maybe they're planning for the long term, but from a week-to-week standpoint, it's very confusing some of the roster choices this team has made. Uh, Darren Sproles, God bless him, but he is old and I saw him, I walked by him in, in, in back, you know, I want to say backstage, but I walked by him today, seemed fine, but like, what are you getting out of him that changes this the dynamic of this entire offense? Like, that's the thing. It, it, I think that's why people are so frustrated, and that's why people want to make a move for running back, because you have this hope that Darren Sproles can be an answer, or or you're in our camp where it's like, well, what what's the point? Like, Darren Sproles is you know, not like a long-term producer for you. Um, he's not going to be the guy at running back. He just can't be. And so what do you, where do you go from here? Where we go from here is I think it's time to talk about Carson Wentz. Um, for three quarters, he, he, he looked amazing. His, his final numbers, if you didn't know what happened on that last drive, 30 of 37, I believe that's his highest completion percentage of his career, 81%. Two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 310 passing yards. He was like threading the needle. He was some of the placement he had on the throws to Alshon and Zach Ertz were just unreal. He had a great throw to Dallas Goddard. Like he he looked. I was ready to write his MVP campaign. Like I thought he looked like it, they were on the in route to win this game, which would have catapulted them to the rest of the season on a very winnable rest of their schedule. I mean, he he keeps getting more and more passing yards. He's on pace to have like a ridiculous stat line, but. At that in that last drive, he was just making some weird decisions. Like, he looked like a rookie. Like he he the throw was pretty good on the pass interference play that was deep down the field to Jeffrey. Oh yeah, that, that's a touchdown. Like that would yeah. So the pass interference made sense and put them all the way down the field. They were deep in. They had over a minute to go. And then on his first play, like you have time. You don't need to do this. On the first play, he he just like lobs it up uh, in Zach Ertz's like kind of direction, but it wasn't anywhere near him. And it and uh, I think it was Eric. Was it Eric Reed? Yeah. It was Eric Reed intercepted it in air quotes and they, they said it was an incomplete pass but like that was just a bad you can see it on Carson the way Carson reacted like he thought like he just lost the game for them which he would have and then he didn't look much better on the next couple of plays after that the third the third down play as a spectator frustrated me because what was Jeffrey that, what was, was that like, one Jeffrey the the throw to Jeffrey that was incomplete he was oh, yeah, almost yeah. like triple covered in the end zone. Yeah, yeah, and he just kind of threw it. And I don't understand why you don't try to just get the two yards. Like, just get the two yards. Because then you're setting yourself for fourth and two, and you don't have... I mean, the Wendell Smallwood should have been like a, hey, we're bouncing back, the, the eight-yard run. I think it's poor play management by Doug, and I think it was poor uh, play focus by Carson, and I think... Who had made all good decisions the whole day. Yeah, um, we, you know, he spoke to the media after the game talking about the fourth and two. He said that he saw Alshon Jeffrey come open late, um, and just as he was stepping up, Kyle Love knocked the ball out of his hands. Uh, great play by him. But Car- there's times where Carson will freeze. I don't know if you've noticed it recently. He is so aware of his, his accuracy that he wants to be more accurate that he'll take set unnecessary sacks or he'll hold on to the ball for too long and, and throw late. Like, that's a problem. 
that's his one issue. And I think, you know, he has missed open wide receivers. Everybody does. But if Carson could could improve one aspect of his game, it's that hey, if the I think he's a little afraid to be mobile. If I if I can project, I, I don't want to say he's afraid, but I think he's hesitant at times. You think it's because of his knee? No, 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 no. You just think that's part of it? I I think it's more of hey, I've got to be aware that I can't fumble the ball. I I don't want to take unnecessary hits. I don't think he's being soft or anything. I just think like he's a little bit more mentally aware of of what's going on around him which is smart um the problem is is that it's kind of hampered his like Willy Wonka-esque I can do anything mentality and you know you for the sake of making another Willy Wonka reference (laughs) the golden ticket should be his completion percentage and his improved accuracy it's just not I mean, he's been accurate since he came back. Like he's had, he had, he's been more accurate than he was last year. But he still oh, makes significantly. But he's but it's just like the incomplete. It's kind of like we were talking about an offensive lineman gets one sack and it's like his whole game was bad. Carson Wentz will have an inter- incompletion. It's like a bad incompletion. Yeah, but because he, he's Carson Wentz, people don't really talk about him that way. But you know, a lot of people used to bash Nick Foles because Nick Foles during that uh, twenty-seven and two season would have a lot of would-be interceptions. Carson's had a lot of would-be interceptions in this season, and I don't feel like he's getting the flack from certain fan blogs or fans on Twitter because he is Carson Wentz and uh, he is the patron saint of Philadelphia. <laughs> but Carson hasn't hasn't played as his numbers indicate. He's been extremely accurate. Uh, he's made really good decisions at certain points. But when he falters, he really falters hard, and I think that that's something to keep an eye on. They have to win this game in London. It's not a must-win. It's a have-to-win. If that makes sense, like if they come home from London, somebody better be staying in, in Europe. The Jaguars look like they're trash. Like, I mean, but it's not even that. Like, I know, I understand that, but, but like that just adds to it a little but bit. But here's though. the thing: the, the Jaguars can't score on offense. The Eagles can't actually put point. They can move the ball. They can't put points on on, on the board. The problem is too is Alshon Jeffrey versus Jalen Ramsey. That's going to neutralize Alshon Jeffrey. That's yeah, like yeah. the perfect matchup for Jalen Ramsey. Zach Ertz, though, you can attack the middle of that field all day. The Jaguars can't stop it. They're terrible. Uh, You look at the 49ers, who were hopeless last year, did against them, beat them. The Jets beat them by doing that. This is it's a good running back game. I don't want to preview it too much, but when you look at the outlook, you're still like, wow, this Eagles team can still win this division. You're watching the the Redskins and the Cowboys where as beat where, each other up, yeah, beat each other up and can't score either. So you have that optimism. It's just is a team going to win this division at seven and nine or eight and eight? Because this Eagles team looks like an eight and eight team at best. And maybe you trade for some. Maybe if you're Howie, you're like, I see the weakness in the division, and I make two minor trades. So I trade for a rotational defensive tackle here, and I trade for a, a speedy wide receiver like a Willie Sneed or some or like J.J. Nelson or something. Or yeah, like, ooh, I like that, actually. Yeah. He barely plays for the or Cardinals. Or a Jaron Brown or so You know, like somebody like who's a role player. Um, And maybe that's what you see. But, like, like, you look at the Lions. The Lions beat the Dolphins today. They beat the Bricks off of them. And that would have been a team that I would have looked to maybe make a deal with for LeGarrette Blunt or so on and so forth. Um, so again, this is actually, it's weird. If you look at all, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but if you look at offenses around the league, a lot of the teams that were projected to have really good offenses, the Titans, the, the, um, the Bears, like there's a lot of the Falcons, there are teams that can't score. It's been very weird. Um, 
And the Eagles are one of those teams. The Eagles are a team that you thought were going to put up 30 points a game. They've only done that once, and frankly, they were playing the, probably the second worst team in the entire league. So, again, the Eagles need to find that shot in the arm. I don't know if it's there. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't know. I, if I think it, I think people are too reliant. Like we mentioned earlier, they're too reliant on this idea that a trade is going to save their season. Just the, like they're reliant on the fact that the division is like a dumpster. Yeah, I know fire. you can't keep like saying all these. Like, yeah, I know they're struggling, but you know it's not that. Like it is that bad. They like, lose you know. in London. This is over. It's over. Period. Done. Because one team's going to win this NFC East matchup on on Sunday night between the the Cowboys and the Redskins. By the time this posts, we'll know who it is. But like. That's the thing. Somebody's going to get some space on the Eagles in this game, and if they lose two straight, which they haven't, you know, they haven't lost hope yet. There are guys in that locker room who are still just kind of like, yeah, well, you know, a loss is a loss. Chris Long looked flabbergasted. It was like because he hasn't really lost. Like he knows what the what the crap of the league is, but he's also wined and dined with kings and queens over the last two two. Uh, Two years. I mean, J- Jason Kelsey was so upset, and he's the most willing to talk, win or loss. Like he just like physically didn't want. Like he was like, I, I just can't. Like he was just so sad today, and yeah, I think that that's just not a good sign. Having a sad bearded man is like the saddest thing ever, especially <laughs> if you're like a. a you just imagine like uh, Ron Burgundy uh, when he has all the milk. He's uh, <laughs> milk was, was a bad, bad choice. choice. Yeah, and he, yeah. it's just pouring down on his beard. Yeah, um, <laughs> and as we speak, here here's here's another thing to be positive about. I don't mean to swing back. So the Redskins are doing well with a bunch of old bras and Alex Smith and Adrian Peterson. That's going to hurt them towards the end of the year. Yeah, those guys will wear down. Um, the Cowboys literally have no one on offense <laughs> other than Ezekiel Elliott. Like, I don't get me wrong. Alan Hearns and I go way back. We're payback from way back. They got nobody. He, <laughs> but they got nobody. And the defense and isn't that Amari great. Cooper's not going to save them if they actually trade for him. Yeah, he's slower than Hearns. But, yeah. um, again, I don't know if the shot in the arm's out there. But there is room for optimism with the way Zach Ertz and Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey are playing. Blah, 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 blah. The division sucks. Blah, 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 blah. Don't. It's not time to jump yet. But this game makes London so freaking important. Like, we we talked about it earlier in the week. You have to go one and one in this two-game stretch. And they should have won this game running away. And honestly, if I, I think if Jake Elliott had made that field goal and it was 20 to nothing the Panthers wouldn't have had the spirit to come back. But the fact that you kept it at a two score or three score lead. And then they had that touchdown with, with uh, Curtis Samuel. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know. That's the summation of this game. I don't know. Let's finish on that note, right? Yeah. I don't know. All right. I think that's a good spot to end on. We'll, we'll probably get a podcast for you guys either Tuesday or Wednesday before we fly out to London. Uh, thanks for listening. If you're, if you're not subscribed already, subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. We're also on Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Spreaker. Uh, all of our stuff goes up on YouTube and iHeartRadio. Uh, yeah, th- thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we'll, we'll discuss this more later this week.